Glen Coco? Fall for you, Glen Coco. You go, Glen Coco. And uh, Caddy Heron. Do we have a Caddy Heron here? It's Katie. Oh, Katie, here you go. One for you. Um, and none for Gretchen Wieners. Bye. Hello and welcome to episode four of the Mutual Handshake Guilty Pleasure Movie Podcast. This week we will be discussing the 2004 classic Mean Girls. As always, I'm joined by two fantastic fountains of fun formation. Did you like that word, hobo? Fun formation. <laughs> it is the best word in the English dictionary. Well, while you're on a roll there, to the right of me, I've got a balaclava-wearing man of mystery whose boundless boffin business is acknowledged globally. We have a hobo. How are you, hobo? I'm quite homeless this evening. Quite homeless? Yes. More not fully than, homeless? No, not. I found a box, and it's going to do me. Oh, lovely. And then, who else have we got? We've got the captain. A captain whose crazy captain credentials include a degree in maritime operations and a master's in Channing Tatum's sick dance moves. It's only Captain Blackshaw. Say hello, Captain Blackshaw. <laughs> good evening to you, Chris, and good evening to our listeners. As always, it's a pleasure to be joining the one and only voice of mutual handshake, Chris Hammond himself, a man with a beard so luxurious, the Sultan of Brunei holidays in his beard. He often does. <laughs> he often does. So before we go ahead, we've got a new feature on this uh, mutual handshake podcast. We're going to discuss top threes. So this was Captain's idea. Why don't you explain your idea, Captain? Well, I certainly will, Chris. So my idea with the top three is each and every podcast, that's once a fortnight, it's available. We discuss our top three. Now, I've chosen for this week our top three Nick Cage movies. Ooh. The great Nicolas Cage. Such a challenge. One of the world's greatest living actors. Fantastic. And what would we choose as his top three movies? Uh, it's a big decision with lots of movies to choose from. Over mm-hmm. 50 movies he starred in. Wow. And all I can say is, Chris Hammond, what is your top choice of Nick Cage movies? So it's one choice each to round up a top three from the Mutual Handshake crew. Well, you know what? I was struggling with this one, Captain. Yes. I must admit. Nicholas Cage, for all the stick he gets, he has made some good, good films. He um, Adaptation was definitely in there for a moment. And Raising Arizona, Coen Brothers, mm. all definitely up there. But, you know, I've got to go for The Rock. The Rock? Yes. The Rock. 100% The Rock. I would say it's one of the best action films ever made. Hands down, I... Throughout time, every time I think of a good action film, I think The Rock, I think of VX Poison Gas, I think of Yellow Ferrari, that's not my car. (laughs) I'm thinking of the scene where he stabs himself in the chest. Oh, what a guy. Oh, the Marines. Oh, yes. Connery's in there. Connery's in there. Michael Bay, good score. Oh, it's good. The Rock, for me, Nicolas Cage's best film. Absolutely. What about you, Hobo? Oh god, um, this is the uh, choice I hated the most because, as an absolute child, I loved Conair so much. Great Con shout. Air, Con shit. <laughs> Great shout there. But I'm gonna have I know to go what you, with. I know what you're going to go for. It's I can sense it. Can you, can feel, you feel it, it Chris? It, it, is it in the air? I'm tonight? feeling angry. 
Yeah. I'm feeling angry. You're driving angry. I'm driving angry tonight. It could it's be that. Be that. It could be drive angry. I think <laughs> you guys... it might be the weatherman. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are all. What like, are you going for, Hobo? It's leaving Las Vegas. Leaving Las Vegas. The story of a man who is down on his luck, drank himself to a pit of despair. You know, as a hobo, I feel kind of. Uh, yeah, he inspired to... your lifestyle, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He, I watched that film and I immediately chucked away all my possessions and just went to the streets and thought this is the life for me yeah inspirational stuff there hobo and captain your idea for this piece final say what is your favourite Nick Cage film this has truly been Ghost a Rider it must be Ghost Rider I toyed with Ghost Rider I even considered Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance what about I looked at Face Off, 8mm, Snake Eyes. What did you settle on, Captain? And I was toyed. However, I've come to a decision. So I've put Lord of War to a side. Lord of War? Lord of War. I've put Joe, his recent Joe. great hit. And I've even put to a side Grindhouse. <gasps> I'm going with Bad Lieutenant. Bad Lieutenant. Bad Lieutenant, if we want to give it his full name. Port Call of New Orleans. Where he plays a, a drug and gambling adult detective in a post-Hurricane Katrina New Orleans. Uh, sequel to the Harvey Keitel. It is uh, sort, of a, sort of a sequel, exactly. So, sorry, Bad Lieutenant had a suffix title. It had yes, a, it did. Suffix title was Port Call of New Orleans. Never heard that. Because it was ever. a follow-on from Bad Lieutenant. It was, oh and it was in New Orleans, 2009. So yes, there uh, that rounds off our our top three. So, so what's our tom, top three? Uh, yeah, top three shot. top. So, <laughs> our top three top. Our top three. So coming in at equal first, <laughs> we have The Rock, nominated by the one and only luxurious beard of Chris Hammond. Mm. Number two, almost a biopic of his life. Nominated by <laughs> the hobo, it is leaving Las Vegas, and then finally by my good self, we have Bad Lieutenant. Brilliant! So for all you listeners out there thinking I'm gonna have a Nicolas Cage weekend, those are your three choices. Give them a listen. It's The Rock. It's leaving Las Vegas. It's Bad Lieutenant. Enjoy. Predict the weather with a breast of fresh air. The Karen Smith Weather Predictor, available in all good stores. Okay, so now we're going to discuss uh, why we're here today. Our fourth guilty pleasure. We chose this, we put it out there, it was between Clueless, it was between Mean Girls. The public decided they wanted to hear about Mean Girls. So, Captain, why not let the listeners know what is Mean Girls all about? Mean Girls, the 2004 classic film, follows the story of Katie Heron. Now, <laughs> Katie Heron is a homeschooled girl. Katie. Katie, Katie, Katie. potato, <laughs> potato. So, Katie Heron is a homeschooled girl. She's grew up with, with her zoologist parents in outer Africa. But she, what she's realised is that's not the real jungle. The real jungle is back home in the US of A where she has to attend her first high school. Now she instantly makes friends with two guys, Damien and Janice. Two uh, guys? Two guys. <laughs> two hard on Janice. So she makes friends with uh, two people, Janice and Damien. <laughs> 
However, she also finds herself in with the in crowd. This is a group of girls called the Plastics, led by Regina George. Who are the Plastics? The Plastics, they're the girls everyone wants to be at school. All the guys want to be with them and the girls want to be them. Oof, they sound good. They sound good, <laughs> but are they bitchy? Yes, they are. Now, what happens? Katie suddenly decides she's fallen for Aaron. Who's Aaron? Who's Aaron, you ask? Well, that's Regina, the leader of the Plastics' ex-boyfriend. <gasps> yes. Let's just say it hits the fan at full speed here because she'll find out there's events. Regina's not happy. Katie fights back. She forms part of the in-crowd. But can she have a happy ending? That is the question. It's all tough in the high school life of being a mean girl. If I hadn't seen this already, I would be on the edge of my seat. You rightly so. Rightly so, Hobo. So, Hobo, what do you like about Mean Girls? What is it that, that made you think, yeah, I want to discuss this film on the Guilty Pleasure Mutual Handshake podcast? You know what? It was actually very surprising. I was like, I love Mean Girls. I can't wait to watch this again. Good. Sat down, started watching it. About five, ten minutes in, I was like, this is shit. What? Wow. So, I, I, it took me by surprise. I was like, I thought I, thought I liked it. It, it just, I was not involved. And then when I, what I actually did is I watched Clueless. No, <laughs> no you didn't. You was, watched what? the wrong film. It, it was good. You, it was what? Good. Did you carry on with Mean Girls? I, I did finish off Mean Girls, but I watched Clueless afterwards and I preferred it. But I, was, I, I, I thought I really liked, I thought I liked Mean Girls as much as I liked Clueless. And then when I was watching it, I just, I didn't. Oh Wow. That is <laughs> groundbreaking news here Speechless. at the Mutual Handshake. Sorry. Pass okay, it. not sorry. <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> sorry, not sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, he stepped right up with a great comment there. <laughs> so, Captain, you're a big fan. What do you like about Mean Girls? I love Mean Girls. Mean Girls is truly is the epitome of a guilty pleasure. I don't think when it was released, the target audience, uh, myself, probably a sprightly young thing at the time, uh, was the intended <laughs> audience. However, it's great fun. I mean, this is Lindsay Lohan delivering one of the best performances she's ever delivered. Following up from Freaky Friday. A good, great film. Yeah. Another great mm. film, a great remake. Um, she delivers a superb turn as uh, as a heroine of the piece. Mm -hmm. I was Heron. fully behind her. Fully, fully behind her. As you would want to. Be. I think. <laughs> I think the fact that she she not only could fit in with the plastics as as a hottie, uh, as they define her, she's a regulation hottie. She is regulation. Regulation, and I'm pretty sure Warren G would agree. <laughs> Regulators. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Lindsay Leyland turns a great turn in as Katie Heron, and I think her, her friends are equally as entertaining. So, we've got, uh, in terms of friends, we've got Janice, the friend that you mentioned, Janice and Damien. Janice yes. and Damien, her two friends. The yes. outsiders. They are the outsiders. They're a little bit rebellious. Mm. They're not part of the cool crowd, no. they're a bit different. To quote Janice, Damien's almost too gay to function. He, he was too gay to function. He was, apparently. he was very happy. Do you find it he weird was. that they're... <laughs> very jovial. They're the, um, they're the ones on the outside, they're the different ones. And one happens to be gay and one happens to be accused of being a dyke. So what we're saying is the outsiders are... You'd say the one's a river. 
<laughs> we've got the outsiders, and then we've also got the plastics. So we've got um, we've got Gretchen Wieners. What a fantastic name that is! It is Gretchen Wieners is a great name, and don't you think it's amazing how the uh, the young actress I forget her name she's gone on to such heady heights since Lacey Sherbert. <laughs> That's the one. Oh, Lacey Sherbert. Lacey Sherbert <laughs> also voiced uh, one of the characters in the Wild Thornberrys movie. <laughs> Did anyone think that this was like almost like Wild Thornberry? the movie, Mean Girls. I, I love Wild Thornberry. Yeah. Young girl, um, safari parents. It was like, I would say that this film was like Wild Thornberry's meets The Departed. <laughs> the Departed? The really? Departed, the Scorsese <laughs> film, which I feel like Mean Girls influenced. <laughs> I feel I need to rewatch. Absolutely, uh, Lindsay Lohan goes undercover um, amidst all the, the bad people and then starts to become a bit more like them. It drives her to insanity. It was like The Departed. It does, it does push her to the breaking point of should she just join and go with it and become a plastic herself? Mm. Or does she- She's conscious of the choice, she just does it. It just takes her, doesn't yeah, it? it? Sees it. Who wouldn't want to be popular? Who wouldn't want everybody liking her? Who wouldn't want to sing a raunchy Santa Claus oh. themed song? Oh, Captain, why don't you tell me what you liked about the raunchy Santa Claus song? <laughs> Let me tell you, Chris and the hobo, this is one of the highlights of the entire film. As the girls go on stage to perform a classic Christmas song, the music suddenly breaks. <gasps> How does it break? It breaks because... Gretchen Wiener. <laughs> is it not Gretchen? It is, it's Gretchen. Gretchen. I mean, it is Gretchen. I mean, poor Gretchen. That's what yes, I meant. Gretchen. Yeah, yeah. Poor Gretchen. Yes, Gretchen. Gretchen Wiener, she kicks the stereo off the stage oh. because for this hall they're playing from a small, it looks like a bush stereo. <laughs> <laughs> the sound was incredible. <laughs> the sound was incredible from this Alba stereo. <laughs> <laughs> and it really was. It, as the, as the it filled an entire hall. <laughs> um, as they were singing this, suddenly it broke because she was distracted, was Gretchen Wieners, because Katie had thrown some tension into the group. She'd worked some little rumours in. Her position had been changed. She's normally on the left. She was, and oh. she was moved out with the tallest two in the middle. Yeah. I think they did very well, considering they, they practised the whole routine. Well, no music leaves you with one option, Hobo. It leaves Lindsay Lohan time to step up, and as we know from Freaky Friday, she can step sing. <laughs> she can sing, and she sang. She inspired <laughs> the girls in their very risque for high school outfits yeah. to sing along. I think that's the thing I immediately felt uncomfortable with watching this again. Really? The time, is the fact that I felt very creepy watching this entire film, because oh. all the women, except um, Janice were very revealing. Even Miss yes. Norbury, Tina Fey, oh, on screen for 30 seconds before shirts whipped off. Oh, That's wet t shirt gags all around. You're, you're a fan of Tina Fey, oh, are you? She loves the night cheese. So. She loves? She loves the night cheese. N her night cheese? What? <laughs> she has. She, <laughs> What's night cheese? Gets to 11 o'clock. Night cheese? What's night cheese? Gets to 11 at night and you <laughs> sit there and you think. Cheese board, but surely that that's gonna mean? that's gonna cause nightmares. No cheese before bed. No. <laughs> None after nine. We all know that saying. I guess if you're sleeping rough on the streets like the hobo, there is no bedtime. <laughs> um, there's always nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> 
to get dark. So please stay home, children. Avoid the hobo on a late night. And please stay in school and get a good education. And avoid night cheese. <laughs> okay, well, I think that about sums it up for part one. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back shortly. We'll be discussing the villain of the piece. Hi there, folks. I'm Ivor, Gretchen Wiener's father. Ivor Wiener. I'm the inventor of Toaster Strudel, available in all new flavors. You can have fudge packed. You can have raspberry jam. 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 And we're proud to sponsor the Mutual Handshake. Okay. Part two. Of the Mutual Handshake movie podcast. Uh, kicking off part two, talking about Mean Girls, our episode four special about Mean Girls. And we're going to kick off discussing villains of the piece. Oh. So, Captain, who is the main, who's the main villain of the piece? Well, the main villain played by Rachel McAdams is Regina George. Oh, we love Rachel McAdams here at the Mutual Handshake Group. <laughs> we do, an actress who's gone on to such other great things. However, in this film, she plays Regina George, the leader of the plastics. Mm. The girl they all want to be. She's so fetch. Oh, she is fetch. <laughs> She's so fetch. Oh. Stop trying to make fetch happen. Yeah, that's right, girlfriend. Stop trying to make fetch happen. Captain. So she's so fetch, she's so cool, but she is such a bitch. She's bitch, she is a bitch. Hobo, what do you think about her? Is she having a swig of your wine? Of <laughs> <laughs> your homeless wine. wine. <laughs> yeah. Boxed is always wine the best, in a box. is what I say. <laughs> do you think Regina is fetch? Uh, or a bitch? I fetch think, or bitch? I think she's a total, I wish I could click my fingers, bitch. You can't cut your fingers. No, I can't. Wow. That's, we I'll learn something new on a daily basis. Mm. So why do you think Regina is such a bitch, Hobo? Do you think it's got anything to do with her mum, played by Amy Poehler? I believe maybe her mum has pushed her and her little sister, creepily enough, into this oh, life. Yeah, the creepy little that sister. That was messed up stuff. Yeah, I forgot about the creepy little sister. That I was weird. At first, I, I, I kind of like the reference all where she's just doing the dancing, like, yeah, that's wrong. She shouldn't be doing this. And then it goes a step further when she's like watching. Flashing. Yeah, yeah no. The, the girls. Oh, the girls gone wild reference. <laughs> yeah, yes. there was a girls gone wild reference, wasn't there? I love that later on. Yeah. Like, the girls. God, why? <laughs> Do you love the fact that her mum's very responsible? She brings them cocktails, to which uh, Katie re- asks, Is there alcohol in this? She's a bit concerned. And she goes, No, but if you want some, I can get some. She's you just one of the girls. <laughs> as the dog chews upon her nipple. Yeah. <laughs> you girls make me feel so young. You so young. young. Oh, the dog on the nipple. The dog on the nipple's a great moment. Even though Amy Poehler's got such a small part, she makes it her own. Even that yeah, bit when we're does. doing the, the sexy dance later, and yeah. you see a, a quick shot of her filming them, but she's trying to mimic them <laughs> yeah, as well. In her velour tracksuit. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Amy Poehler, but in this film, she's good. She is good. Oh, she's, she's Hobo, great. you're looking at me like that's bad. I'm a Parks and Rec fan, so oh, I've got to... never seen it. And Never ma- admire seen. Amy Poehler for all she does. Ah, uh, good. No, I, I, I think, I think as the mum, she's great. You know, she's, she just wants to be one of the girls. Mm-hmm. Interesting fact: she was only uh, six years older 
than Rachel McAdams at the time of filming. Wow, really? So she was a young mum. Ah, that is a young mum. Uh, Rachel McAdams was nine years older than Lindsay Lohan in the film. Whoa. Yeah, big difference. So it could have been mean mums. Mean mums. <laughs> and and said, Lindsay Lohan is technically the only one who, could, who was young enough to be at high school when it was filmed out of the girls. Any other characters that you think are vital to the uh, movie? Oh, Karen. Oh, we like Karen, don't we? Played by Amanda Seyfried, Seyfried. Seyfried, yes. Oh, Karen. She's, she's good. She, she, I've only seen her in a few things. Um, Amanda Miz. Seyfried. Uh, uh, Mamma Mia. She was in one of the films I think you would be familiar with, if I'm honest, Hobo. Okay. That is the Linda Loveless biopic. <laughs> Following on from episode three, still available on iTunes and Podomatic. <laughs> wild Wild West. Um, yes, she was, in, that she was in. She was in the Lindy Linda Loveless biopic. Um, but she comes out with some of the best quotes. I mean, when she first meets Katie, she says, uh, if you're from Africa, why are you white? <laughs> That's not even the first. It starts out like it's going to be like Wild Wild West. Uh, the racist so. elements. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, um, we've got a new student. She's from Africa. And then um, what's her face? Immediately the teacher goes Mrs. straight Norbury. to... Like Miss a, a black girl yeah. and goes, nice to see you. <laughs> it is brilliant. It, it does work both ways because um, when Katie first walks into the canteen and she starts to see the group, so you've got the cool Asians, the wannabe, yeah. the geeks, mm. the outsiders, mm. the plastics, and then you've got the, the, the group of black people and she walks up and goes, Jumbo! <laughs> 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 it proves everyone is racist. Which, yes, it happens. But, I mean, Karen, for me, is it, it genuinely is um, a highlight. Um, my favourite part is where she talks about her um, one of her love interests. Oh, and I, yeah. the fact she'd been caught kissing or making out. And it's she her, says, it's okay, um, we're just cousins. And they're like, ew, that's disgusting. It's your first cousin. Yeah. And she goes, it's okay. There's cousins and first cousins. And second, and second cousins. cousins. <laughs> so it's all okay. So uh, keep it in the family. How do, you, how do you feel about her um, special talent, should we say, for telling the weather? The weather prediction. Oh, what a talent it is. And it's something <laughs> I'd like to see come to our shores and certainly our weather reports. Yes, definitely. <laughs> it's chance, chance of this rain. It's a 98% chance of precipitation. <laughs> <laughs> so what about the, the driving force of the, um, the drama in this film, the MacGuffin, the, uh, the burn book? The burn book. The burn book. Now, to explain a little bit about the burn book... Yeah, what is the burn book, Captain? The burn book is a secret book that the plastics keep, and inside this book mm. there's written some nasty things about people, some hurting statements, but also some fantastic funny comments. There are some good comments and some good use of Pritstick. And that's what causes... <laughs> a sponsor. <laughs> yes. They are. Pritstick, if you are listening, we are available for sponsorship. <laughs> so, the burn book... The Burn Book is uh, really, it, it plays an antagonistic part mm -hmm. in, in the movie itself because 
It's when this is leaked um, by Regina George, who you wouldn't expect to leak it. However, she finds out that Katie's been playing them all along. Mm. She's been she's been taking them for a ride. So she reveals the burn book and writes nasty things about herself in it, and then says, "This was found. It was Katie." So it was a Katie good switch. becomes it was a good the switch. Villain. That bit where she wrote the nasty comments about herself didn't see it coming. It certainly blindsides you, doesn't it? Well, they cut, she cuts the picture of M2 in half she does. and the mm. picture of Katie lands on the side and, oh, she's going to burn And Katie. do you remember what she writes about her? Fugly. Fugly sluts. Mm, yeah. Fugly sluts. Yeah, fugly sluts. One of the worst insults out there. Which I is, must say this is my first experience of watching Mean Girls and that was a, a big twist for me. It was almost sh- M. Night Shyamalan twist. It was M. Night Shyamalan mm. of the good M. Night Shyamalan Yeah, forget era. Sixth Sense, forget Unbreakable. I was, that, that twist for me. Yeah. I thought she's going to put Katie's picture in the book and then she put her own. That wow, is, what it, a twist. It was very fetch. <laughs> <laughs> so the film ends on uh, nice terms, would you say, Captain? Everyone's friendly in the end. I think in the end... It, it, it's what's known as the circle of life and everything comes full circle because as these girls change their ways they mature they see things from a different perspective other young bitches come through <laughs> literally and threatened I, to murder them i think that yes. literally sums it up that where one person one gap is left somebody will fill that gap and mm. That's what they did. I feel like Elton John needs to write a song about this. <laughs> about the circle of life? Mm, yes. If only it if only could. So, to summarise, Mean Girls, this classic 2004 movie, is it worthy of becoming a mutual handshake guilty pleasure? Ooh, is it going in the Hall of Fame, Hobo? Or the Hall of Shame? Over <sighs> to you, Hobo. I, I want to go last. I want to hear what you're going. You want to go last? Yeah. Look at him, he's holding back on us. You know what, I'll go first. He's holding back like <laughs> Greg's do when they put their empty cardboard boxes out on an evening for him. <laughs> <laughs> Bastards. You tell me, Chris. Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. Yeah, first time watching and instantly I was regretting the years, 2000, uh, 11 years I've 11 spent. 11 years. Not watching this film. I could have watched it every year. You could have watched it every year and yeah. that would have been a great shout. Something that I've done, Chris. Instead, I've spent my time watching Wild Wild West. Oh, so, yeah, I could have watched... My God. <laughs> I could have watched How dare you? So I'm, I would say, put Mean Girls in the Hall of Fame. That Guilty is pleasure. a great choice. What no about you, Captain? Sully, World War West in the process. That was just unnecessary. It's terrible. Uh, Captain. I think there's only How one answer to Mean Girls. Mean Girls is fetch. Totally it's fetch. so hot. It's so hot right now. It's so hot right now. <laughs> to quote another classic movie. <laughs> and for me, the Hall of Fame is where it belongs. Which leaves just the hobo. Where are you going to throw this film? Where are you going to throw the instant classic that is Mean Girls? Mean Girls, it has great actors, great performances. performances. I, I absolutely loved, I believed every one of those characters. But no. No? No. Absolutely no. I just, when I was watching it, I, and I watched it with a biased heart thinking I would love it. Yes. But when I watched it, I just, no. Well, for two weeks running, it's two against one. 
And sorry, Homo, this is going in the Hall of Fame. I don't like democracy. <laughs> the people are divided. However, yeah. the Hall of Fame welcomes its third member. Third member? What else have we got in the Hall of Fame? Joining Masters of the Universe, Sister Act 2, back in the habit, is now Mean Girls. And mm. only one left in the Hall of Shame, which is the Wild Wild West. Which should not be there. <laughs> it's locked in there, like Room 101. A great new feature to round off this week's podcast is where we recommend our film of the fortnight so this could be any film that's available either in the multiplex cinemas on the terrestrial (laughs) on the what terrestrial Terrestrial. (laughs) on television (laughs) or available at your local rick's video store (laughs) so chris hammond tell me what is your film of the fortnight Recently I've been to cinema and I've been to see a little Keanu Reeves film called uh, John Wick. John Wick? And you know what? John Wick? I enjoyed it. John Wick is about a a guy, we don't know his past, but he he's lost his wife. Yes. And he finds out that he's got a a puppy. Oh, puppy. That his wife's left him. It comes to his door, it's delivered to him. She died and left him. Left him a puppy, she dies and leaves him a puppy. And then somebody steals his car, kills his puppy, and we find out that John Wick has got a very dirty background in... um, Cleaning? Cleaning, yes. He's been to Wick's, he's got his cleaning products, and he's, uh, he's some sort of assassin... Ah. And he goes on a killing rampage, and it is fantastic. Would you say inspired along the lines of Death Wish? Possibly, yes, yeah. I am absolutely gutted this won't ever be classed as a guilty pleasure because it is a good film. It's a great film. Back up yeah, very, very good film. I, but you know what, though? I went in thinking this is going to be a bit mediocre, another, yeah. another revenge piece, another Taken maybe, yeah. but totally shocked me. Very good film. But very much enjoyed it. And I would uh, say, listeners out there, go see John Wick. John Wick, great recommendation from Chris Hammond there. What about you, The Hobo? What's your film of the fortnight? My, my film of the fortnight is Force Majeure. Oh. If you guys have heard about it, it's pretty much the, the, start, the setup to the whole film is this family's on vacation in, I think, the French Alps. Somewhere oh. Like and they're sat on one of these <laughs> fancy um, balconies and they're like, having a meal, whatever. And Maybe. see one of these um, controlled avalanches, you know, which is to help Wow. Uh, but what happens is this avalanche starts getting out of control and heads towards them. Yes. And, uh, like, and the father of the family... Literally, like, runs for his life, but doesn't consider his family. Blimey. Oh. And then the whole thing is, like, about how he acted from that point. Mm. And I think it's a beautiful... Sounds that sounds good. Sounds like an act of God, that. Yeah. And Captain. Captain, what about you? Your film of the fortnight, what are you putting forward for us? Well, it's been a big decision, Chris, but mm. um, my recommendation I've come to actually comes out this Friday, the 17th of April. And I'm going to recommend Child 44. Oh, the Tom Hardy film. The Tom Hardy, mm, Gary, Gary Oldman, Oldman. Numi Rapish. Yes, good cast. Um, Numi, is that how you pronounce it? I'm yeah, calling Numi. her Numi. Numi. Yes, mm. Numi. That's good, what she told good me. Good strong cast. Naomi. <laughs> great cast. Yeah, Numi Rapace. Uh, great cast. So yeah. Tom Hardy and Numi Rapace. Uh, Don't like it. Teaming up again, following on from The Drop. 
Uh, the film with film. James Gandolfini last year. Mm. Uh, this time it follows uh, Tom Hardy, a disgraced member of the military police. Oh. He investigates a series of nasty child mur- murders during the Stalin era Soviet Union. So it looks gritty, mm. it looks tough with a great act. Um, great set of actors in there. Yeah, so very good actors. Big yeah. thumbs up. Um, looking forward to that, and I'll certainly be heading down to my uh, local theatre to see this. I will be seeing that too. Okay, so let's round up for the for the uh, podcast episode four, uh, and that's a goodbye from me, Chris Hammond. Uh, goodbye from the hobo. How are you feeling, hobo? Yeah. And goodbye from the captain, Captain Blackshaw. Farewell, listeners. Until episode five, which will be revealed to you shortly on Facebook and Twitter. Oh my God. Have you heard what it says about the hobo in the burn book?